Chuck and Julie, bringing you the truth straight up. I'm Julie Hagan. I'm working at- an Emmy-winning former investigative reporter, a highly successful trial attorney, and publisher of a major Denver area newspaper. They've been partners as talk show hosts and in marriage as parents for over 10 years, providing thought-provoking information, opinion, and entertainment live, local, and interactive. Everyone's voice is always welcome on The Chuck and Julie Show. Well, hello, everyone. It's Chuck Bonnell, Julie Hayden. Chuck and Julie Grassroots Show, True Straight Up. That's right. The show brought to you by Mountain West Wellness, Advanced Acupuncture and Chinese Medicine, and HappyTrees.co. Um, coming up at 3.30, we're going to be talking with a lawyer for Alliance Defending Freedom about um uh, the Jared Polis government saying, just trust us to this preschool. And they're saying, you know, not so fast. But want to start off with Representative Kendra Graff, House District 22 out of Colorado Springs, has a great column um up in the Colorado Springs Gazette and wanted to talk talk to him about that. So Ken, hey, thank you for your time on this party Friday here on the Chuck and Julie show. Well, thank you very much. It's a pleasure to speak with you. Yeah. So I'm going to, Dave Williams, the new chair, he's not even really new anymore, the chair, new chair. Well, all right, of the Colorado um, Republican Party put out an email um, with your column um, to all of the people, the, uh, there's some 70,000 of them, and I loved what he called the original, well, someone called the original title, There Are Too Many Dicks Screwing Up Colorado Republican Politics, <laughs> and <laughs> um, which is eye-catching and eye-catching, but you, you were talking about one specific person, I won't say it, in, in person, um, Dick Wadham. One Wadham's. specific dick. Yeah, one <laughs> Well, it's not one specific person. It's it's about right. the entire consultant uh, thing, right. and what uh, what I, what what drove it was uh, what what drove it was the column of basically what I would call uh, the misinformation, a disinformation campaign around the uh, around the opt out vote and the uh, just the you know as I was as I was listening to the. Uh, you know, the, you know, chatter on social media, hearing all of these same arguments and then realizing, okay, it's coming, it's coming from this guy. And, um, or, you know, he's, he's, he's in, involved in, I don't know that it's coming from him or coming yeah. to him and then putting it out, but, you know, comrade Dave, Soviet style purge of the purists and, uh, stealing the votes of 1.7 million people. And, uh, you know, when you, uh, Thomas Sowell has a, a great quote i'll credit him but i'll probably i'll probably mangle it about <laughs> if you want to uh if you want to help people you tell them the truth if you want to help yourself you tell them what they want to hear and uh you know i think there was a lot of people that wanted to hear this disinformation because they i, I don't know i don't i don't know all of these uh you know i'm i'm, I'm relatively new to uh colorado politics and uh you know, in a lot of ways, I feel like, you know, the kid that was dropped into high school in senior year and there's all these feuds going around <laughs> me. I, I, re- I really have no idea who's who and why. And, uh, you know, you find out the history that goes that goes way back. So so this is uh, but but looking at it in general, just the uh, so, yeah, there's some specifics there. But uh, because of this article, but in general, it's about the. Uh, you know, we're, we're consulting ourselves into oblivion. We're, right. we're, uh, we have a, uh, we have a Democrat party that's moving as fast to the left as it can. And we have a Republican party that is trying to chase the middle, which is by definition then going left just a little bit slower. So we're not really standing on anything. We're not, 
and I and I don't think we can be appealing as a party until we do stand on something, and I and I think that's um, I think that's why we needed to exit the uh, to to execute the uh, the very lawful process of the opt out. The opt out, if you look at it, the opt out is really in a sense more legal uh, than the uh, than the open primary because right. the open primary is premised on there being an opt out option. The right. opt out option has no has has nothing, no requirement for there to be an open primary. So one can exist without the other, but the other, but the open primary cannot exist without the, uh, the opt-out. So, you know, the idea that it's illegal, uh, the idea that, um, well, everybody, everybody voted for Prop 108, so we have to stay in it. And like, well, that's, no. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it just gives me this mind of, uh, you know, a couple people sitting in a cannibal's pot or something like that. And then there's a way to escape. And it's like, well, we should wait for our hosts to see if they'll let us out. Before yeah, we just yeah, leave. Well, you know, and, it, it, and again, what your column in, in the Congo Springs Gazette, and again, it was emailed out to all the Republicans um, who are on the, the state party email list. It does a point out, like you said, it's not as if under all of these consultants, the Dick Wadhams, the Frank McNulty's, the um, Greg Brophy's, all of these consultant groups, the Lois Landgraf's, all these people, um, it's not like we're winning, right? It'd be worth listening to them. And I would say, and tell me what you think on this, it's not even so much that they're chasing the middle, they're chasing the money. And the money in Colorado comes from some very establishment-oriented donors like Phil Anschutz. And the other place the money comes from in Colorado is from Catherine Murdoch, who is of the Fox Murdoch fame, who is very liberal, who we have a Democrat consultant friend and she calls him and says hey where can i throw my money at republican races to meddle in the republican primary i mean that's why they do it so and and then they turn around because i think they don't want their money trail jeopardized and then they like you said they call chuck you know soviet they call dave a comrade they spend thousands of dollars to send out mailers rather than helping republicans trying to preserve their increasingly smaller piece of the pie but at least it's a piece of the pie I mean, that's what I kind of think, too. It wouldn't bother me so much if I thought there were actual principles involved, but I don't think principles have anything to do with anything. I agree. I think uh, the chasing the middle is trying to get in the uh, the middle of the bell curve to uh, to attract as much money as as possible. And you can kind of you can say um, I read a column, I'm, I'm blanking on his name, but he uh, he mentioned this, how the. Um, the uh like the developers this time around in, in El Paso County all went all went left and <laughs> you know they 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 voted you know they they backed democrats and they put all democrats in office well you're you know because they want to uh you know they want to benefit because they're not looking Development. at the long game right. they're they're they want to benefit from the immediate process of uh you know of the uh, of the leftist uh slam and cram you know, process where, you know, by like any, you know, any open space practically is going to have a condo in it or an auxiliary uh, developed uh, detached unit for the house. And they want to benefit from that. And they've, and the, you know, the Democrats have finally said, oh, well, and it, and it works with their cramming everybody in no cars. You have to take the buses, you know, and and people are thinking through this. Well, you know, the, uh, you know, the Republicans have been appealing uh, to that, and uh, you know, chasing that money for so long, and then they've alienated they've alienated the values based voters, and right. um, ultimately, money doesn't vote. Right. Ultimately, it's oh. the it's, it's the voters. 
And what we've seen is, and I know, um, you know, the guy data, Jeff is in a great job getting some of the data out there, but it clearly shows, you know, your Dick Wadhams and those consultants would, would argue, well, you know, we need to go after, we need to have milk toast candidates, as you pointed out, so we can, we can get the moderate voter who they assume is the unaffiliated voter. I, number one, argue a bunch of those unaffiliated voters are people who've been, don't even know that they're on the rolls because it's because of the motor voter role, right? If you go to the motor Department of Motor Vehicle in Colorado, you are automatically registered to vote as an unaffiliated voter. So I still think there's a huge chunk of unaffiliated voters who really aren't even unaffiliated voters. They just got registered automatically and have no idea and don't even care. But the other thing is the research shows that what has happened is the more unaffiliated voters since 2016, when this went into effect, vote in Colorado elections, the 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 more, number one, they're voting for the Democrat candidate anyway, but when they vote for the Republican in the Republican primary, that candidate loses. So they don't turn around and go vote for the Republican candidate in the general election, which is what somebody like Dick Wadhams always argues. Well, if they're going to bother to vote for them in the you know primary, they're going to vote for them in the general. But the statistics show that's just flat wrong, um, which one could well, say. Well, what happens is they, there is no competitive Democratic primary. Um, so either Democrats uh, register for a day as Republicans and or Democratic leading affiliates vote in the Republican primary with every intention of voting for the Democrat in the, in the regular. And they just want the worst Republican candidate, the weakest, or at least the most left wing. And so, you know, the idea that we have to be sending out uh, ballots to unaffiliated um, is ridiculous, particularly proven by Virginia. They got rid of unaffiliated Democrats in the primary and had the biggest election victory in half a century with Glenn Youngkin, Winston Sears, and everything else. So it's, it's a false argument. You know, one of the things, um, and I had to step away from I don't know if anybody's adjusted to um, heart medicine, but you, know, you get a little too much, you get a little too little, you never get it exactly the right amount. I tell you, no shooters before the show, but he doesn't right. listen to me. No, I'm uh, kidding. But, but, you know, one of the things, it was great having... Uh, Ken down there fighting for the opt-out. I mean, he was a real lion down there and one of the very few. I mean, on the other side, we had uh, Richard Buckwheat Holtorf uh, and all the Will County uh, rhinos fighting against it. Um, and it was great to see him, Laurie Sane, who's no longer in office, but who's down there. But if, in fact, the Republican legislators and elected officials that have voted for the opt-out, it would have passed. It would have won. Yeah, that was one thing. I don't know if you know this, Ken. We're talking to Ken DeGraff, House District 22. You are one of the few elected officials who actually voted for the opt-out. I kind of went through some of the numbers. And by, although the people voted pretty much overwhelmingly for the opt-out, right? Well, more than two-thirds of non-elected officials voted for the opt-out. And the officials voted, I don't know, 70 or 60-40 uh, against it against, or more of that. Yeah, against um, against the opt-out. Because I would say, unlike you could get elected by actual voters, they know they couldn't get elected by actual Republican voters. So, I, I mean, but I want to applaud you for this, Colin, because I think, number one, I'm kind of shocked the Gazette put it in there. Did the Gazette that. put it in there? <laughs> Did they? Say that again? The Colorado Springs Gazette, they put the, they put it in their paper, right? Yes, I was I was a little bit surprised. Yeah, I'm a lot surprised. Thank <laughs> you for calling it out because for so long, for so long in Colorado, you know, you couldn't talk about that, right? They would say, "Oh, you're crazy," and you know, and and it's good because the corporate media 
um, they all call up Dick Wadhams because he says what, you know, that they want to hear and what, you know, mm-hmm. and so it's good to have people like you out there in some sort of mainstream media, like the Congo Springs Gazette. Um, and, and thank you to the Gazette for putting it in. Yeah, so proud. hopefully people go, Hey, you know what? I'm not the only one that thinks that. <laughs> Holy cow. Well, I think the, uh, I think, I think probably the, uh, the readership will improve as it, you know, if, if it decides to become a little bit more balanced, I've, I've talked to lots of people and they've, they've gone away from the Gazette because it's, it's, uh, you know, like, like Fox news, it started off with a, uh, you know, I never considered Fox news, a uh, conservative bastion because I mean, it was fairly evident that they were just going after a niche market, but at least they had conservative content or, uh, uh, sane content well you know then they then they change so you have to watch that you have to be you know eternally vigilant i think uh i think the gazette has uh allowed itself to uh slide trying to you know appeal you know take one set of group one group for granted and then uh, trying to uh you know bring in this other group and it's like well you're i, I don't i don't know that it's worked that's you know that's for them to uh that's for them to decide I, I, I on their market. i mean i think it reflects the you know viewpoints of of phil Anchus. Phil, Phil has migrated. If you're like a lot of rich people, billionaires, they've become center left. They are no longer conservatives. They, they've uh, figured they have to work with uh, Democratic governors in California and everything. He's, he's left wing now. Um, and I know Phil from a club we belong to together, but he's he is like a lot of billionaires. They are not on our side anymore. Um, and it's too bad because he was the biggest um funder of the Republican Party, and he controls the Independence Institute, he controls the um, Gazette, he controls uh, Camps, Campfire Colorado, he controls, um, God, what is the well, one? Well, there's, I mean, uh, uh, the politics, uh, yeah, uh, Colorado, yeah. Caucus room, he controls that, and they control, he controls more than you know. Chuck and Julie show. <laughs> Against them is the Chuck and Julie show. That well, the, the not the check. Well, I think some of these uh, I think some of these people are going to have to be start being, um, you know, pragmatic in a different sense in that. Uh, I mean, there is a full blown Marxist in the House of Representatives now. Now, it's not like the it's not like the others were not. I mean, if you look, yeah. at, <laughs> if you look at the voting record of pulling the uh, I always consider the political spectrum on the right between uh, individual sovereignty and then uh, step back just a hair because if men were angels and we're not. And then on the left, you have uh, state, you have the state power. And, uh, you know, that's where you have all of your, you know, your communism, your fascism, your, you know, socialism, they're all over on the left. And they like to pretend that some of them are on the right and that, you know, that doesn't make any sense, but they are, you know, we have, you know, we have a house of representatives and the Senate that is predominantly uh, uh, ruled by leftists, uh, you know, of some degree or another. And they're, and they're, and there's really, uh, you know, they don't even pay attention to what they're voting on. They just know that every law that they make is going to increase state power. It's going to take more money. You know, they consider, they consider Tabor, uh, an inconvenience, a restriction on their good intentions. I, I think it's always worth noting that the, uh, as Mark said, the uh, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Yeah. And so there's a lot of these, you know, so these these millionaires and billionaires and money that, you know, it's like they're going to have to start looking at, uh, you know, the values that they, you know, that they're standing on. And if they're not, they're not standing on values and they're, you know, they're wanting, they're wanting to take this, uh, you know, dabble in this Marxism and, you know, 
they are supported by an economy that is supported by individual liberty. It's not a capital economy. It's an individual liberty economy, uh, free market economy. And Mm -hmm. they need to start thinking like, okay, well, uh, you know, you know, you start, you, you say, for instance, you look at what's going on in Brazil now, what's going on in Argentina now, you know, the, uh, you know, uh, um, Mr. Wadhams, you know, he, uh, he, he defends the, uh, you know, he defends the election. It's conspiracy crackpots that are going, well, the, uh, the dominion, uh, the dominion voting machines down in Brazil. And now you take this country that's like really one of the, should be like one of the absolute wealthiest and was, and now it's third world country where, you know, people are, uh, you know, saving up to buy cow bones so they can boil them into soup. Well, and that billions of dollars are being shipped over. And that and that's being done by that's being done by Dominion machines. And that, um, you know, and and you have people over here that are giving it cover by saying, oh, no, we have the gold standard. Well, the gold standard is. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's a fool's gold. It's a uh, it's a gold plated turd, is what. Well, let, let um, me ask about the House and the Senate here in Colorado. I mean, the Liberty Scorecard came out not too long ago, and only seven Republicans passed. <laughs> now we don't have a lot of Republicans in the House and the Senate, um, but but the ones we have are pretty far are pretty on the left side. Uh, there are very, not too many defenders of liberty, including the leader of the House or on the minority side, Lynch, who right. voted against, who voted the, against opt-out. the opt-out. Um, you know, he got elected with um, Catherine uh, Murdoch's money, um, and they all overthrew... Um, um, Lori Sane? No, no, no. Our, our former uh, head leader. Uh, eh. I'm not sure where, you, where you're going. Okay. House leader in the minority. Um, Patrick Neville? Yeah, Patrick Neville. How could you forget Patrick Neville? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> um, and so it really is a sad situation in the House. And how do you, you got some good allies and Stephanie Luck and some others, but it's a hard fight. Yeah. Are you looking it, forward to- It is to- a hard fight. Say that again? I was going to say, well, I was kind of joking, but but to that, are you looking forward to January when the session- Oh, absolutely not. Yeah. Absolutely not. There's- <laughs> They, uh, being in, uh, being in politics or government in any way, shape or form is, uh, it, it, uh, remains on uh, my list of things I do not want to do. Um, <laughs> there's, it's, it's, it's not even on the list of things I would like to do. So, uh, I, I, was, I was going to ask you this, you know, with back to your column, which is great, because what you do is and, you know, and you're one of the few politicians who will actually step out and actually say it out loud. Right. But like you said, are, we're being consulted into irrelevance and there's the provide we're spending tons of money with little to no tangible results. Um, and I mean, thank you for, for actually saying all of that out loud. How do you see us getting out of this? Well, if we look at, let's look at uh, a few of the uh, the great movements in history, you know, uh, Jesus, you know, that's a, a singular point in history on this rock. I'll build my, I'll build my truth. And what is it? You know, I'll build my church. What is it on this Petra on this truth? I'm going to build, I'm going to build this on this truth. I will, I will build this Martin Luther. I, I'm going to, uh, I, you know, I can't go against my conscience. This is true and I can't go against it. So here I stand, you know, God help me. Uh, you know, when we look at the Declaration of Independence, we hold these, uh, that, uh, we hold these truths to be, that there are certain unalienable, that, excuse me, that we have these, uh, the unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that these are, that these are, uh, uh, these are truths. These are truths that don't need to be defended. And so we have these truths. 
And like what I said the other day on the, uh, you know, uh, thing, you know, what we've, what we've done is we've got this big tent and we've, and we've allowed the swamp creatures to shift it over the swamp. And we're going to need to either, and we're going to either need to vacate the swamp. We're going to either need to move the tent or we need to vacate the tent. Uh, because, you know, right now the, uh, you know, the tent is just letting, you know, the swamp creatures frolic in the shade. So we need to get that, um, and we and we have this idea that uh you know and uh you know god bless him you know ronald reagan did a lot for the uh, the party but the idea that you can't criticize you know yeah. other republicans you know we've it's always been it's like well i know they're doing stuff that's unconstitutional but you know we don't want to say anything bad about them because then we might not get elected it's like well at, at some point you have to stand on something and i don't know how we're ever going to I don't know how we're ever going to attract anybody to the values of our party if we're not attracted to them. You know, yeah, I, people aren't going to aren't going to come to us. I, I'm sure Ronald Reagan is rolling over in his grave. He's because, like, he didn't it that way. Because every <laughs> rhino that I know. I'm sure he didn't mean it that way, but that's how it's been interpreted. Today. Every rhino I know now says they're a Reagan Republican. <laughs> um, and he would have none of them. Anybody who tells you today that a Reagan Republican means they're a Democrat, uh, which is sad because <laughs> he was he was a great leader. And I remember back in the 80s when he was getting elected. And, of course, all the establishments said he was a whackball, a crazy, a total mm-hmm. looney tune idiot. Um, and now he's being adopted with all the people um, who disparaged him uh, when he lived. Um, so that's standard. That's standard. He, he's not a he's not a threat to him anymore. Yeah. They can make the appeal that they're you know that they're Reagan conservatives, that they're strong military, their fiscal responsibility. But I think Reagan was more than that. I think he was. Right. I think he was more of an adherent to the uh, the values of the values of our founding, the Declaration I of agree. Independence. Uh, and I think that's where you know you know Mr. Wadham says about uh, Trump that he's a deeply unpopular president who. You know, who inspires, he only inspires, you know, 100 mile long uh, uh, car rallies and, you know, flag waving <laughs> regattas. I mean, that's how, I mean, well, a really, truly we... popular president, you know, will will put followers in hula hoops that are socially distanced. That's that's how, that's the. Uh, that's well, and, it, you know, Dick Wadhams keeps saying that. And Trump is now beating, he's he's beating DeSantis and the other Republican yes. primary <laughs> people by, by you know, 40% or so. Now he's beating Biden. And you're right. They just keep saying, and the media keeps repeating it. Well, Trump is deeply unpopular. It's yeah. like, he should say he's deeply unpopular with me because it threatens my thing. Well, and I think, you know, if people well, are commenting, I, I, well, let me well, just well, say well, that you're a hero and stuff. People love you, by the yeah. way. Just, I don't know if you can read the chat <laughs> section. People appreciate you. But but um, the establishment doesn't seem to. I'm on. I, I am now on a. I'm on a hit list for being in agreement uh, with uh, you know the esta- the establishment here in uh, uh, then maybe that's the Anschutz establishment. Right. I don't know. But uh, the you know they have me on a list of uh, people that they want to primary. Oh great! Uh, with, they they want to weaponize it, the primary, which means they're going to spend you know. But they but they want to make it. They want to they want to substantiate it and say, well, the primary is the only way. So they're going to spend ten to twenty thousand dollars to petition somebody on the ballot because they're afraid that they won't get the thirty percent. And then they're going to spend the two months in. Uh, you look at how much money is going to go into uh, that those two months of fighting of inter-Republican fighting for two months before we even get out of ourselves. And you know, of course, the purpose of that is to uh, to you know, uh, just like with, uh, you know, Ron Hanks, all the uh, commercials, right. it's yeah. like, he's you too conservative. Well, what was right. that? That was, that was them telling the, 
you know, the greater than 50% unaffiliated voters to vote against Ron Hanks. So they, right. they made ads that made that made the conservative side love Ron Hanks, right. but they made the they and they went unanswered by the GOP when they when they made the you know completely and and then of course Joe O'Day just could not you know could not run fast enough to prove he was you know just a a, a different different letter <laughs> Democrat. Right. Um, but I wanted to say something about Trump, and I think that uh, you know uh, I I don't think it's about Trump. Um, yeah. Let's just say Trump is unpopular. It doesn't really matter. What's popular is Trump is Trump's views. Exactly. And I think Trump Trump does. The, you know, he stands on the. You know, he knows it's about we the people. It's not about we the corporation. It's about we the people. It's a. And I'm saying that corporate corporations in general, industry right. in general. Right. What I would what I would call I would say the uh, during my campaign, my description of it would be that uh, the the Republican ship party shifted to a. Uh, a position of industrial sovereignty and away from individual sovereignty. Yeah. Be- we began to focus on industry and, and then we tell people, it's like, Hey, you've got to support us. You've got to support industry. That's your jobs. We are, we're Republicans. It's a capitalist. Uh, we're, we're capitalists. That's who we are. That's the Republic. And it's not. And now, and now you have people that are waking up and one, they've been betrayed by the industrial uh, complex. So they are, they're, and they've said, no, the Declaration of Independence, this great experience, this great experiment is about we the people. It's about yeah. we the people. It's about the individual sovereignty. It's about government The that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men deriving their just power from the consent of the governed. There's no room for mandates in there. There's no room for there's no room for, uh, you know, like uh, during the. Uh, during the lockdowns and the masking and the forced vaccinations where the corporation said, well, it's unconstitutional for the government to force these things on you, but we're corporations. So we're, we're going industry, to So right. we can, it's like, right. no, that's, that's, that's not, not true. It. So, so the people have, the people have said no. And, you know, we have the corporate Republicans. I'll, I'll just, uh, you know, every side's calling on the other side of Rhino anymore. So just right. call them corporate. Uh, the corporate Republicans are wanting to appeal you know, to their base, to the money and all that. And it's like, that's, that's okay. I mean, it's not ideal, but ultimately that one person with billions of dollars gets one vote. Yeah. And, and the people are figuring out that, Hey, all of these mailers just mean that somebody that there, that every single piece of mail that comes to my, my, that comes to my home that I just pitch out is, has a little bit of corporate fealty in it. There's a yeah. little bit of uh, that it, that whoever so whoever paid that ten thousand twenty thousand fifty thousand dollars for the petition to get somebody on a ballot when they could get on for free right if they, they just they showed up and spoke and right. then of course you know they have to uh, they have to say well the the caucus and assembly is corrupt because yeah. Vicky Collins <laughs> hey listen can I don't mean to do this but we we got another guest coming on so we're going no, to have fun wonderful please the, you know what we'll, surprise and and great work great uh, and work great work on your columns and you know as we go through the election system Please come back and we will help do everything we can to make sure that whatever primary corruption they throw at you, we can beat. Okay. Awesome. All right. I appreciate it. Thank you for your time.
to your time. They're Ken DeGraff. There, everybody loves him. He's like he's, yeah, he's, a, he's a hero. Exactly. Thank you very much, Doctor Donna says. Hey, and Thomas, if you want to go ahead and and give Jake Reed a call, we can do that. But there were great comments up there too. And again, Ken just did a great job. If you you know, it's worth Google. If you Google, if you go to Colorado Springs Gazette. And you just Google or search his name, um, it, it comes up. And it was just a good call. I mean, he said, you, you've you been saying it. We've been saying it for a while. Um, oh, but I can't, you know, the, I promise you the normal readers of the of the Colorado Gazette would not. <laughs> no, would not okay. have been seeing something like that. And you just, you just said, like it is. It's like we're, know, we're becoming irrelevant. Like it we're being, we becoming irrelevant because of all of these consultants who, but you know. But it really lays it to uh, Dick Wallums, who right. hasn't had that for a while. Well, Maybe that's why they won't call me back. Yeah, yeah, Dick, you've invited him to come on the show. Well, the last time you came on, I think, you know, at a certain point, I, I have to say I don't really blame him. So, um, but let me tell you, while we're waiting for um for, for Thomas to get Jake, this is pretty interesting. So the the Alliance Defending Freedom, they're the organization that has been helping um, um Jack Phillips right. with the Masterpiece Cake Shop, were, have also been back in Colorado in, in, a, in, in U.S. District Court on behalf of the Darren Patterson Christian Academy in Buena Vista. And we've got Jake Reed with us. So, Jake, hey, thank you for your time on this thank you, Jake. part of Friday afternoon. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on, guys. Appreciate it. Why don't I just, rather than me explain it, why don't I let you go ahead and explain what is it that you're arguing and asking for on behalf of this Christian Academy? Absolutely. So this has to do with Colorado's brand new universal preschool program, which is just being rolled out for the first time this year. And in principle, it sounds like a great program where the state has agreed to pay for at least 15 hours of preschool for every four-year-old in the state. Sounds good. Sounds great. It it should be. The problem is for religious, for Christian schools to participate, they have to agree to a couple provisions, which would prevent their ability to, to, frankly, to remain religious and to continue operating as Christian schools. Uh, So, we represent Darren Patterson Christian Academy, who desires and wants to participate in the program and has been matched with students through the program. But again, it can't agree to these two non-discrimination provisions, which would prohibit the school from continuing its religious practice. So we filed a lawsuit on behalf of the school to make sure that it could continue operating as a Christian preschool while still being able to participate in the program. Now, and one of the things that you get in court... Um, when the, well, the side doesn't really want to argue the merits, they came that uh, you filed it prematurely that no one had suffered any injury, and they did that. They haven't withheld the money yet. Yeah, they did yes. that in California where they passed laws saying any doctor who prescribes anything contrary to the CDC or a National Health Institute should ha- have his license revoked. And they argued, oh, you know, none of these guys have gotten their license revoked. Uh, luckily, the court there said no. Uh, <laughs> just a threat of getting your license revoked uh, for um, recommending ivermectin or something is sufficient harm. And hopefully, the court here, although it seems skeptical, also will reach that conclusion. That, that's right. The state, in response to the lawsuit, and we also asked the court to issue a, an injunction so the school could continue to participate without having to give up its religious practices. Uh, in, in response, the state didn't address the merits, didn't didn't address whether the school has a First Amendment right to have those religious policies, which they do. Instead, the state argued that essentially the school filed the lawsuit too early, that the school has continued to pay the school tuition money, 
I'm sorry, that the state has continued to pay the school tuition money and hasn't taken any action that would, uh, you know, kick the school out of the program. The problem with that is back in May, before this universal preschool program even started, the, the school went to the state and said, hey, we have religious policies, which are we operate our school consistent with our faith, which means we have policies about restroom usage, pronoun usage, uh, and the like. And that is all based on what we believe uh, is, is the biblical explanation of sexuality. So men are men and, and women are women and should use the, the restrooms according uh, as such. And also the school has policies on who they hire and they hire what we call co-religionists. Those are people, fellow believers who, who adhere to and live out the same religious beliefs. And in May, the school went to the state and said, we see a conflict. We're not going to be able to comply with your policies. And so we, we are asking you to exempt us from those policies so that we can continue to participate in the program. And in response, the state said, no, too bad. No religious exemptions are available. You have to comply and you are expected to comply. Uh, so that's really why the school had to file a lawsuit because the state said you have to comply. The school said we can't comply. And so we filed a lawsuit. And, and as you mentioned, there is that threat that at any moment, right. because currently the school cannot comply with the program, at any moment the state could kick them out of the program and there right. would be no future tuition payment. Right. Well, and I I would argue, and I don't know, you may not want to comment on this, but I would argue that that's the whole point of Jared Polis's program. I would argue that Jared Polis isn't particularly concerned about four-year-olds, but what he wants to do, it's not, it's not early enough to start indoctrinating them in kindergarten. Now we need to start indoctrinating them in preschool. And and the way you do that is by you make these requirements and, hey, if you want to have the state money, you got to fulfill all of these requirements and, and you get kicked out of the program if you don't. I mean, I don't know. Do you want to comment on that or is that not part of your lawsuit? Well, yeah, I would just say, you know, we see what's happening in public schools certainly. Um, but the fact of the matter is, you know, as a private Christian school, they have the right to operate according to their faith. And and they do that. And and you, add, you go one step further. And that step is if the state decides it wants to subsidize education, it wants to you know, issue tuition payment programs or, or fund it to some respect, you can't exclude those Christian and other religious organizations because they intend to remain Christian and religious, right? They want to do religious things. They want to operate according to their faith. And the state, the government can't exclude them because they desire to do that. And that's what the universal preschool program, the two non-discrimination provisions at issue here, that's what they would do. They would exclude not only Darren Patterson Christian Academy, but many other Christian schools across the state. In fact, there's, you know, there's a group of Catholic schools that have also sued based on these same provisions, uh, uh, in the Denver area. So it's, it's not just DPCA, but other Christian schools across the state as well. Well, I guess one could argue, and not just Christian schools, right? This could be any school that, for whatever reason, the Colorado government decided it had a problem with. And I mean, I would imagine it'd be pretty easy to, you know, find that they were violating this. Let me- well, let me ask you, how'd you decide? And I, I, I'm, I know the answer to this, but how'd you decide to file it in federal court rather than state court? Well, because we're asserting, there's a few reasons. One, we're asserting federal rights, right? We're asserting that the the school has protection under the U.S. Constitution, so naturally you would ask a United States court to rule on that matter. Um, and, and you know, 
without getting too much into it, we, we, we know how the Colorado state courts are. You mentioned Jack Phillips at the beginning of the program and, and he's went through the state court system many times. In fact, the Colorado Supreme Court has just recently agreed to take his case up. I think this is the yeah. third, uh, you know, the third time he would be before them or second or third time. But we, we recognize that, hey, federal courts should weigh in on federal issues when we're asserting mm-hmm. federal rights. Um, and so since we had the opportunity to play, uh, you know, to, to file the lawsuit and not play defense, uh, we thought federal court would be the, the best. Uh, well, you at least have that. some chance in federal court. You probably have no chance. Where's it? So, Ken, just a couple more questions because I know you have to get going. But so, where do things stand now? What What happens next? Yeah, absolutely. So, so yesterday uh, the court held a hearing, and the hearing was twofold. One, it was on the state's motion to dismiss. So, the state has asked to dismiss the case, as we talked about, basically saying it's premature and too early. Uh, but we also filed a motion for a, a preliminary injunction, and that would uh, order the department to allow Darren Patterson Christian Academy to continue participating um, throughout the school year without giving up its religious practices. Uh, and so the hearing was also on that motion as well. So as we are today, we're waiting for the court to issue a decision on both of those. We're hopeful that he will deny the state's motion to dismiss and issue an injunction allowing the school to continue to participate in the program consistent with its faith. Well, because there's, let me, there's a final question, because I mean, that's not forget, we're talking about a bunch of little kids here, right? So this is a school that is using this and probably to a certain extent relying on the state money to fund staff and everything for these little kids. And that's, I mean, this is huge uncertainty, I'm sure, for their families. I mean, it's more here, too, than just the school, right? It's the people and the kids who go to the school. That, that's right. That's right. And, you know, many of the Darren Patterson Christian Academy is open to all fam- families of all faiths and backgrounds. Um, but the fact of the matter is most of those families, all of those families, quite frankly, have decided they want their children to attend BPCA uh, for one reason or another. They've made that decision. And currently there's 20 students that are participating through this universal preschool program who have made that decision. And so the threat of the state telling Darren Patterson Christian Academy it can't participate or it will no longer receive funds has detrimental impact, not only on the school, but on these families. Because at that point, you know, will these families have to start paying tuition? Will these families have to go elsewhere? Uh, We don't know. But the fact of the matter is they shouldn't be put to that decision. It should never come out in the first place. They should be fully allowed to participate in the program and choose to attend the Christian school that they want to attend. Well, last time we were in federal court with Judge Kane, we had a motion to dismiss uh, on a claim for preliminary injunction to uh, stop uh, the the opt-out provisions of Section 108. And Judge Kane was kind enough uh, to tell us, uh, no, the state wins the motion to dismiss, but I'll get to the merits anyway, and then spent 20 pages telling us why we're full of uh, bull, uh, which is very kind of him, very kind of hopefully him. So you'll have hopefully better. you'll have a little more fair-minded judge than our Carter appointee. And final question for you then, Jake, because I know the Alliance Defending Freedom. You should let people answer my question. Oh, I didn't, you didn't, I didn't hear your question. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's, that's right. What we're hoping for here, right, is that the judge would would say, no, this case isn't too early. The, the school continues to face the threat of being booted out of the program. In fact, you know, the state denied the school a religious exemption request, so the case will move forward and then reach the merits. 
and say, and on top of that, the school does have a constitutional right to operate its school as it sees fit and to, to have its policies based on its faith. And the state can't deny them participation in the program because of those beliefs. All right. Well, Jake, thank you very much. And you you guys and the guys at Alliance Defending Freedom, too. I mean, everybody, you know how to find them. So best of luck on on all your cases. Yeah. yeah, Thank you, Jake. Appreciate your time. Thank you, guys. Take care. Appreciate it. All right. All right. Yeah. Well, and, you know, to, to my point, I think, again, it kind of raises the point of, okay, well, you get universal free kinder you know free yeah. preschool only yeah. only if you yeah, yeah. if you agree to, down to, the to the state state and the state that's right and if, if, if you disagree or if you you know if you don't get that never then you don't yeah. get universal yeah. free no. ki- preschool right it's kind of like uh, but I mean, we, we know the program but it's a scam from yeah. the beginning but let's go on to the speaker's race in the, the u.s yeah. house uh, right now there are two main candidates and the third one may get in uh you you've got uh jordan uh, who is the founder of the Freedom Caucus, and you have got uh, the majority uh, or minority leader. Uh, no, he's majority leader um, in the House, who is Steve Scalise. Um, and I think Trump's come out for, uh, for Jordan. Jordan. Um, and I think it's going to be an interesting race. Um, Thank God Brett Baer is not going to be hosting a debate. Did you guys hear that? So Fox News, which has carried the horrible, horrible debates, so horrible that even the RNC is kind of like, well, they are horrible, we have to say. Um, they were going to have a debate between Scalise and Jim Jordan. Yeah. And finally, Jim Jordan, they came to their senses like, no, we're not going to yeah, actually Brett do that. Bear. We're not going to do that. So that was canceled before it even got off. Um, you know, one, and you guys feel free to weigh in or if you want to raise your hand and comment here too on this party Friday um, or 888-627-6008 if you want to call in. Um, Sundance and the Conservative Treehouse, who I like a lot, has pointed out that Jim Jordan, that essentially anyone who would want to be speaker is probably part of the swamp. I would go further to say to a certain extent, anyone in Congress is kind of yeah. You know, susceptible to becoming part we'll of the Tom song. Van Crater on, oh, he's on, been on Monday. On Monday, uh, to talk just about that. But so I get what he's saying that you know we can't trust Jordan, right? But on the other hand, who else is there, right? Yeah. It's it's no, kind of. I, I mean, you know, he he will betray us, but but it's it's rather have somebody out there who doesn't start out. I mean, look at all the past speakers and Boehner and Haskard and John Ryan, Paul Ryan, Gingrich. <laughs> Newt didn't start out, but he became that way. Well, that's yeah. um, and so at least we'll have somebody who starts out on the right side and then is dragged into the swamp. I would say, I mean, he does to a certain extent have, I think, some beliefs, and I mean, you know, um, and he has a brand that he wants to protect. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. I mean, part of the problem is the way the whole system works is. You know, as Sherry, our caller, pointed out, it's like the legislators don't go there and write bills. It's too complicated. The industries, the corporations write the bills, lobbyists push them, and then they give money, which then the Speaker of the House distributes to his friends who help him support things. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's... And there's an interesting article by uh, Lomer saying that that's what happened with um, Justin Bobert, Lauren Bobert, and taking, she got, I don't know, few hundred 90, thousand dollars. No, 95,000. Yeah, but she got more. Oh, well, yeah, that was just yeah. just so, recently. And then she said, OK, I'll, I'll make sure I don't vote for you to vacate the chair. Uh, but that's how the corruption works. Uh, but that's the system. And so I think if Jordan can get it, because now it's just the opposite. He may have a majority of the people, but now the, all the moderates can say, yeah, but we won't vote if it goes to the floor. Uh, but I'm really hoping that J- Jordan gets it. And, and uh, 
if he's not perfect, well, there are no perfect people, um, with the exception of all. <laughs> the Chuck and Julie show and all of our listeners. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think it's going to be interesting. My guess is that Jordan's going to get it. Um, well, I'll, I don't know. No, I, 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 I don't you know. can be sure of that. I, I have a feeling we'll go to a compromised candidate who will be a jerk. Um, well, hope, well, and hope, hopefully, though, hope, this is what I hope, that they don't change the motion to vacate, right? That's one of the things they're all, and actually- Well, I wouldn't mind if they change it to five or 10 or well, something, right, not, a majority not one. of the majority, but- but that's um, not leave Jordan in there longer. But but the, the keeps key, him on their toes. Yeah, the key on Jordan if he gets elected is do they get the Ukraine aid? If they get to the Ukraine aid, he sold us out. He sold us uh, out. If, they, if he refuses to budge on the Ukraine aid, well then we've got some good hope. And it's interesting because they're all freaking out more about the Ukraine aid because number one, the Republicans in Congress are starting to say, well. You know, number one, nobody else, people, the people, the actual people who send us here don't want us to be sending billions to Ukraine. We've got enough of our own worries. Right. Um, And so they're starting to be a little bit receptive to that. You know, they put their finger in the wind, whether they believe it or not. So the Ukraine aid is getting trickier, which is, I think, good because it's forcing um, the White House and, you know, people like Mitch McConnell to like totally freak out and start pushing more. Well, well, the president said he'll find another way to fund it. That's interesting. What's he just going (laughs) to print a bunch of money can i I say something real quick hello jacob hi first of all ukraine said last week right before the vote that they don't need our money they found extra money and uh this is what they did they found extra money yeah and then and then they had this vote with mccarthy so now they're really in a bind (laughs) (laughs) which i think they said too soon Um, absolutely (laughs) But I think I think things good things are going to start happening now. Now that they have to find a new speaker, hopefully it'll be it'll be Jim Jordan. But yeah, you never know. Sure. Oh, I know what I want to say. The other thing, the last thing is that one person vote to uh, shoot people out of the uh, to like McCarthy out of the out of the speakership. That's a Pelosi rule. That's not a McCarthy yeah. rule. That was a Pelosi rule, and even McCarthy. No, no, it said, really wasn't. What it really was all through uh, two hundred years plus of Congress. Um, You didn't have you had the capacity to have one person could uh, file a motion to vacate. They did it in 1910 with Joe Cannon. Uh, But Mm -hmm. when Pelosi got in, she changed it. She changed Mm -hmm. it to a majority of the uh, ruling party. Mm -mm. Yes. No, I think. No, I think she changed it. I think she changed it back to one person. I I can promise you that, you know, I'm not often sure of things, but I'm sure of that. I'm sure of that one. And so okay. going back to something a little more, if Jordan gets elected, at least that wouldn't be too awful. But, I, you know, we'll we'll, look, we'll get the, to the bottom of that. But I think, Jacob, you're right. I think Jim Jordan would be good. And hopefully, hopefully, you know, they realize that people are at least attempting and starting to hold people accountable. So that's, that's yeah. a good news on that. Hey, yeah, listen, thank you for chiming in. Okay, bye one other thing I want to do on this party Friday, this is kind of fun. Um, you know how, you know, Hillary Clinton, she's like saying the stuff that the Democrats think now out loud. Oh, wait, Charlene had her hands up. Go ahead, Charlene. Oh, no, you go ahead, Julie. I was just going to say, well, you know, wasn't that McCarthy fund? It wasn't that something that all Republicans should have access to? It wasn't like he wrote her a special check from his special account. It was like a Republican campaign funding. Oh, no, fund. it's no, all it's I think it's I know he controls it, but she has a right to it as much no. as anyone else and how do we know that she promised him a uh no to vacate motion how we do don't. we know that we don't this I is mean, laura 
Laura Loomis tweet had no real proof of that. She just said, and she did it in exchange, but she didn't say, and people heard her say she right. would do it in exchange. <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? So, right. and then the other thing, the, the Uniparty was really on board with McCarthy the whole time. He passed um, Biden's agenda for Biden because yeah. the yeah. only people he seems to be really mad at are Pelosi for not hurting her Democrats to to, to support him, him. Yeah. to support him. him. So he's the one that's uh, he's not even doesn't even seem to be mad at the Republicans. He's more mad at the Democrats, which just well, proves those, that it's those, a uniparty. Yeah, I there agree. You I agree. There you go. I'm, yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you. So. Final thing, we got a little piece of video I want to play for you guys. Um, you know, you saw Newsweek did a story um, talking about, and I think they were trying to make it sound like this was sort of a positive thing, but like that that the FBI has they've now just totally crossed the line. They're not just talking about ideological terrorists and domestic terrorists. They're now flat out saying that Trump supporters, election are, deniers, election. Well, then Trump supporters are are um oh, look, who are election deniers, right? But they're going flat enough out to say Trump supporters, they're right? They're not. They're not well. Uh, the T-R-U-M-P supporters um, are, are, um, are terrorists. And you know they're going to use that to crack down on us in the coming election. But this is a funny little video. This is how, this is what it's going to look like when the FBI launches increasing investigations into Republicans. Thomas, if we could please play the FBI video. Talk. It's time to take action. Garth, repeat the plan. The plan is simple. Repeat the plan, emphasizing the most illegal parts, speaking audibly, loud enough for, say, like a tiny microphone to hear, and also state your full name. Uh, okay. Uh, the plan is simple. We break into the Capitol building, we infiltrate the government, and we kidnap the Speaker of the House. And this is Garth Henderson speaking. Excellent. You get that? We got everything we need. Everyone down on the ground, FBI! Not a joke. That's what they're practicing uh, right now. All over again. Hey guys, that is going to wrap it up for us on this party Friday. I want to thank uh, Ken DeGraff for coming on, and also the Jake, Jake Reed from the Lions Putting Freedom, and uh, it's it's been a great show. Yeah, that's right. Tom Jancredo coming up on Monday. Monday. Thank you to everyone on Zoom. Catch all of the shows at chuckandjulie.com. A great thanks as always to the uh, fun the fun people go- at, at BBS, BBS Radio. Yeah, Chuck and Trent at BBS Radio. <laughs> and we will see you all on Monday. Everyone have Bye-bye. a great party Friday.